Hello and welcome to the Prisoner Intro Cast. We are once again uh, trading out uh, hosts, I guess. Maybe. Something. <laughs> anyway. I'll change it up every now and then. Uh, with me today is Shane. Hello. And Aaron. Salutations, everybody. Hello, folks. You can tell by my, the joy <laughs> of my voice. Shane, yes. look at this. Shane, look at it this way. We only have one more of these things to do, okay? Mm, I suppose so. You are right. And then you can go back to all the other podcasts we know you love better than this one. <laughs> yes. If you no, no, I'm actually not going to say what I'm going to. I'm thinking. I can plug all my podcasts at the end of the show. <laughs> Pimp those podcasts. Anyway, today we are talking about the AMC remake of The Prisoner, Episode Five, Schizoid. Yes. So, who wants to start? Well, first of all, it's not a flashback that we thought it was. It's more of a flash sideways. I wish it had been a flashback. It started out so good, and... Then it immediately killed it. Yes. And then immediately followed the usual formula. Mm. I don't know. I thought we got some wonderful acting out of Ian McKellen in this episode. That is true. We did. He's just acting circles around everybody. Mm. Much more of a... um... Number two, heavy episode. Yeah. Well, we find out a lot about two's motivations in this, mm. this episode, which, if they'd been a little bit more consistent, I think would have worked out better in their favor. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, we should start. Yeah, so um, we start immediately after the final scene of the last episode um, with... Um, the uh, number six character going into the uh, flat. Yeah, after his apartment got blown up. Exactly, yeah. To try and find Lucy. She's dead. Yeah. She's so dead. Well, actually, we don't know if she... Well, I always thought that could be taken um, two ways. As in, is she dead or was was she there? Not there. You mean, like, did she plant the bomb? Yeah, possibly. Well, they're, the show was implying that she's dead. Yeah. They've implied that she's dead so far. Yeah. Which, again, with her uh, showing up in the village previous episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I think that, I think a lot of that has to do with um, certain revelations that we found uh, mm. post-show last time. Uh, yeah. Which we can get to at the end of the show. Yeah. But uh, right now, let's just talk about the episode. Okay. Well, he's not... Number six isn't very, very pleased and screams outside number two's house only to be looked upon by number number six. Yes. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, we do have a... Yeah, I've said this before with other episodes, but I wish they had done some more of this sort of, like, weird like, not-so-much-conspiratorial kind of thing, kind of... Mm -hmm aping back to the original Prisoner, where weird stuff would happen, and we would have to follow along with Six as uh, as he discovered what would happen. Yeah. But um, he ends up going around to a few of the different people in the village, and uh, like he goes to see the storekeeper, and yeah. the guy's like, oh, you you chewed my face off last time. And, yeah. Uh, anybody can write a receipt. Yeah. Because he finds a receipt for something in his apartment. Mm. Um, which we later find out is he bought a knife off the guy. 
Yeah. Which apparently isn't supposed to happen, but... Nobody sells knives. I would yeah. know. I sell everything. Yeah. yeah, well, you also don't sell cigarettes, but clearly you have them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. You're skipping ahead. Um, oh, it's the same shop. It's the same guy. Yeah. He runs into 147, and 147 uh, accuses him of getting into a fight with him. Yeah. Then he tries to talk with uh, 313, but uh turns out that a version of him had gone into her house at night and tried yeah. to kiss her, and then she's all pissed off at him, which I don't think that ever gets resolved in this episode, but either way. Mm-hmm. Well, you're missing the uh, opening, well, the scene after the credits, when number two goes to goes to that CD bar. Oh yeah. Tab. See, uh, you know, I, I like that. I like that bit where he walked in, and when people see the two walked in, everything just kind of shuts down. Everybody's like, yeah. "Oh shit, what's going oh, it's on?" The boss. Oh, oh, close up. Close up shop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I wish we had we had gotten more stuff like that because we we still don't really have the um why is everybody afraid of of number two? Mm. You know, we 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 know that he can do things and he's influential in the village, but we haven't actually gotten a clear distinction of what everybody does within the village. Yeah, so I think this, it's pretty clear why we all fear number two. He blew up a freaking cafe. <laughs> Well, we sure, it wasn't full. It wasn't explicit, but it's pretty obvious he had a hand in it. And number two hands his son the key to the cabinet, where he keeps all his drugs. Indeed. Then we cut to what you were talking about before with uh, the doppelganger of number six, which I can't remember what they called it in the episode. Oh, two times six. Yeah. And he finds out what they've been doing, and so number so number two is trying to find out what's going on. And we, I was going to say flashback, but it's not a flashback; it's a flash sideways. Sideways. I ju- I just want I just want to point out that there is an entire thread on IMDb that is titled "Why," and there's another one called. Please America. And it is literally this back and forth argument about how America ruins British television shows <laughs> in both of these threads. Uh, well, also, we... there's this one th- message board called. So how about that smoke monster, which I will probably read through for the final episode of this podcast. <laughs> you sure they're not talking about lost. Oh, uh, no, it's on the message board for the prisoner. Oh. 2009. Okay. No spoilers. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we get a flash sideways where we see Michael, aka number six, but Michael, uh, going back into Summer Call. And um, he, his car's been declined, obviously, because he quit. Yeah, he quit. I mean, well, he, he made a big deal about resigning. What, what made him think that they would keep the card active? Exactly. Exactly. So, but a security guard comes down, and he does the old excuse of, "Well, I bought my card. I sat on my card." Wouldn't they have been given? Wouldn't the security guards have been given, you know, notice that this guy is not allowed on the property anymore? Would have thought so. Eh, whatever. Nobody cares. 
apparently this huge organization that can control everything just doesn't care about internal security. No, obviously not. So, yeah, so we cut back to the village, and number six is going to the shop, as you mentioned, and then he goes out the shop, goes to see the taxi driver, and he, then he sees them. Um, three and three. No, he didn't. I was gonna. I was gonna say the. Te- um, no, no, he spots his. He spots his double gang. Doppelganger. Oh yeah, and he. Uh, and the foot race is on. Because we ha- can't have the prisoner without one foot chase. Yeah, exactly. Ba, 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 ba. Sorry. So yeah, so they cuts to, to the thing, and he. Um, uh, they end up going into the, one of the inexplicable empty warehouses that yeah. that are in this village for some reason. Yeah. Now, my question is: neither one of them were bleeding. Yeah. Where did the trail of blood come from? No, um, two times, two times six was bleeding from the nose. Yeah, but that's not enough blood to um, to make a trail like that. Well, then that's that's true. Because he, he barely had a trickle of blood on his face. Mm. Uh, shut up, that's why. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I see we're using uh, something. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> because reasons, that's why. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, yep, um, we have a fight between number six and... Two times uh, six. Exactly. Even though we do, we do we do cut to a sideways view and only number six is there. Yeah. Which implies that two times six doesn't exist. Yeah. Which, you know, this this is a plot point that doesn't go anywhere. Exactly. Because other people can see two times six. Yeah. Sometimes, and then they can't see two times six. Yeah. It's just, it's the same thing later in the episode with um, uh, two and unto. Yeah, you know, I was, I was thinking that they were going to be doing the, the, you know, the, the impersonator double thing, mm. you know, but doing it to where it's in Six's head is interesting. Yeah, but we don't have anything with it. I mean, they they yeah. don't. He he makes a um, he talks about how when he's uh, later on when he meets up with three one three he talks about well they. You know that they can do things and they can uh, make people do things, but you know we this version of um, the prisoner we haven't really seen any of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've only been to the clinic once. Um, we've never gone back to any of that. And if, if they're going to be implying that they did something to six to make him see a double, then they need to tell us that, and we never get that resolution. I mean, it's almost like they were rewriting this episode while they were filming. Yeah, yes. seems to be a common theme amongst the prisoner. <laughs> There's no indication on the IMDb that they did that, but mm. at the same time, once you get to episode five on the IMDb, it kind of Devolves. is a lot less <laughs> edited, and I can't imagine why. Whoever was doing it just decided to give up. <laughs> yeah, literally. Anyway, um, we we move on and six goes to confront two. 
Yeah. Which, how he gets on Two's property, I have no idea. But, mm. um, I mean, sure, the gate was open, but, you know, we see the guards all the time, and they come yeah. back later in the episode, so why they just let him get up to the car, I have no idea. Um, maybe we have standing orders to not bar six at him. But apparently he's not going back to his teaching job, so... <laughs> I mean, all those kids are got like a free period now. Yeah. Or you know, the bus driving job. Yeah. What does he do for money? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So um, number two, um, become decides to take a day off. Yeah, because he's given the key to eleven twelve. Yeah. He basically gives him permission to go spend time with his mom. Yeah. Apparently, he's never been with her while she's awake. Yeah. Um, and he, as as two is walking through the village, he starts like he like throws his hat away, and he yeah. puts his sunglasses on a little kid, and he takes yeah. off his tie and throws it in the lady's basket, and he then starts calling himself uh, unto. Yeah. But we see. Another version of two is giving a radio and a TV radio announcement that there's an imposter of two in the village. Mm-hmm. Which, if it's a recording, why would he set himself up like that? And if it's another double, which might be what they were trying for originally, um, we never they they ended up completely cutting out all of that except for mm. that one bit, mm. which makes it completely superfluous. Yes. Anyway, but he ends up, um, what, he, I don't remember, do they, do they follow with him, or do they cut back to six? No, they follow with him, and they, and two goes into the shop and gets cigarettes. Mm. Yeah, and they end up having a, you know, honestly, that, that's probably my favorite scene of this episode, is just mm-hmm. following around the two stuff, because maybe it's just that Ian McKellen is such a damn fine actor. Yeah. But. You know, they have a very interesting uh, conversation because, um, you know, he comes in and he asks for cigarettes and the shopkeep de- uh, declines. And he's like, oh, I haven't had cigarettes here in eight years and seven months. Yeah. It's like, but how do you know if you haven't looked? And he looks under the camera and sure as hell, there's a pack of cigarettes. Surprise. Yep. Village brand cigarettes. Anyway, um, so they end up... Um, talking over cigarettes and he mentions that he used to smoke while he was doing thinking and then they go through a uh, brief back and forth about the dangers of cigarettes mm. which I think the the shopkeep probably has the best uh, reaction or uh, come back to that which is probably what every smoker nowadays comes back with he's like yeah you know these cause you know, cancer and throat throat problems and emphysema he's like oh you don't say I, I don't know. I just I, I really like that little bit of acting, right? Yeah. Because remember, Meanwhile, he didn't get them there. He was there to buy a map. Yeah. When well, the meantime, eleven twelve is wake waking him uh, his mother up. Yes. And I don't think we've ever gotten a name for her, have we? Not as far as I'm aware. I know in IMDb she's listed as M two, mm. but I don't think we've ever gotten a name for her. I'm not an not an episode, not as far as I'm aware. Aaron? What? IMDB? No. 
Nothing? Uh, IMDB is still just listed as M2. Okay. Let me double check that, but my understanding is the whole time it's been... Vague, nebulous person? Yes. Vague, vague, nebulous M2 person. <laughs> you know, I, I think this series is strongest when Six isn't around. Oh, really? Yeah, because especially with this episode, this is a very... It's sort too of, heavy? Yeah, it's very too heavy. It's very eleven, twelve heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we probably get our best bits of acting with just the two stuff and then eleven, twelve with his mother. Yeah. And because the, the six stuff doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's a spiraling hole down the drain. <laughs> well, there are holes appearing all over the village. Yeah. We can use pigs to combat that. Well, that's true. I'm still pissed off at that. Fucking pigs. Anyway, there's your explicit tag for the episode. Yes. <laughs> gotta earn it. <laughs> we gotta earn it. Indeed, indeed. Although I feel, I feel, like, I feel like Apple just tosses it out there willy nilly sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you don't, um, if you don't tag yourself as not being uh, explicit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say to you, but the one, <laughs> um, blah blah blah. Yes. The one, the one interesting revelation is the fact that um, we find out where the ho- where the holes appear. Yeah, they appear when she's awake. Yeah. Which, you know, we, we see this, you know, I don't want to skip completely at the end of the episode, but... Yeah. This implies that she maintains this village by yeah. being asleep. Yeah. Right? And the village starts to unravel when she's awake. Yeah. So, is this village in a separate dimension? Is it, you know, a fantasy world? If so, why do people inside the village remember outside the village? Yeah. More importantly, why does Six remember being outside the village? Because we, by the end of the episode, we see him in two places. Yeah. Does, the does same... Sumacore run the village? Yeah, I mean, th- that's yeah. what they're implying. Yeah. That Because they have... If we want to just skip to the end and completely ruin it for our uh, viewing audience, um, at the very end of the episode, the the flash sideways, as we've been calling it, yeah, that version of six comes into the Simicor um, boardroom uh-huh. with the maintenance guy, who is the yeah. same actor Dude, as yeah. the shopkeep. Yeah, and we see recordings all over the the various monitors and screens of yeah. every person in the village. Yeah. Which which he reveals was people he was tracking for yeah. Simicor. So that implies that every person in the village was put in the village by six or for six. Mm. So is the village his prison? If so... You know, what connection does M2 have to him? Mm. I, I didn't take it quite like that, actually. I took it quite a slightly different way, where he was asked to track these people yeah. for reasons for reasons unknown, or perhaps he was given a different reason. Hmm. You know, maybe he was a... Uh, I, 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 don't, I honestly don't know, but maybe he was a, quote, Headhunter, 
you know, these people would be good for the company. So please, you know, go out and look at, look at these people to see if they are a good match for the company. Yeah. He didn't realise what was going to be happening to them, so that's why he resigned. Hmm. Fair enough. But he still didn't know about the village. Yeah. Um, but Lucy apparently did. Yeah. And she she let, ended up leaving him a message on that boardroom. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense. Because he would have had to go back to Simicor to see the message anyway. Yeah. And she's warning him not to go back to Simicor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just... Ugh. We're past the point of making any sense or understanding. Yes. You know, this... <sighs> This would be the kind of thing, you know, I would want to see resolved, but I have a sneaking suspicion that we're not going to get a resolution for it. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's there's more in this, this episode because, you know, we see uh, 313, and she is... Um, she meets Unto when he's on his little sabbatical around the village. Yeah. And he talks to her about... Um, uh, other places, I, I don't remember the exact dialogue. Yeah, I don't know. But um, she starts getting basically like, he puts like a, I don't know if it's a suggestion or something, but um, she starts singing, uh, I used to know the name of the song. But, uh, you know, the, the animals go marching two by two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which. You know, I suppose that's foreshadowing, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, she ends up seeing those sparkling towers again. Yeah. And she starts heading out into the desert toward those towers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which we, which we um, find out are actually the village version of the Simical. Yeah. So they exist in both places at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, there's just a door in the middle of nowhere that she finds. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, that's how doors work, right? Yep. Yes. Again, totally. again, that that implies that this village isn't real. Yeah. Which is, yes. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm trying to get my thoughts in order for this. Um... I'm going to employ employ the Batman Arkham Asylum theory that he's somehow in a mental asylum and this is all going on in his head and he's Hmm. projecting certain certain personalities upon certain doctors in the village in his head. So it's all in his head. I'm invoking that that theory (laughs) right now. (laughs) Oh, it's just a that would work if we only ever saw the uh, number six perspective. Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, exactly. Because we've get because there's two main characters in this story. Yeah. You know, there's six, and then there's eleven, twelve. Uh-huh. You know, I'm not I'm not going to count two as a main character because he's kind of the antagonist for both of them. You yeah. Know? Again, we we don't see why we have no idea why six is so important to mm. two's plans. Um, 
we knew he was, you know, a headhunter, for lack of a better term, for Simicor, but we yeah. don't know how they play into this. No. They're, they're obviously some sort of a global corporation, but, you know, I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, kidnapping multiple people, throwing them into uh, a, some sort of weird fugue dream state that's maintained by this sleeping lady, and taking yeah. away all their memories. Yeah. Which... I don't care what kind of bad science you're using. No global corporation is going to be able to do that and not get tracked. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, unless we're dealing with, you know, G.I. Joe Cobra rules and, you know, apparently they could build a weather dominator in three easy pieces. Yeah. Wait, you mean mass. everyone can't do that? Aaron, what did you do? Uh, nothing. I <sighs> just need to go hide my bank statements now. Um... <laughs> Aaron, I told you not to build the Weather Dominator. Damn it. We're going to have eternity of swamp ass now. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, we, we pick up with um, 1112 and his mother. And yeah. They are um, playing catch-up, basically. And she starts explaining what the village is. Kind of. Um... We find out from her that the, the sinkholes appear when she's awake, and that it yep. has something to do with the unraveling of the village. Um, the, the longer she's awake, the more the village unravels, and we get more sinkholes into oblivion. Yep. Um, we also get um, the, the other place. That basically, people born inside the village can't go to our world, basically. Yeah. Which implies some sort of extra-dimensional travel. Yep. But we also get that um, she has been able to see him in her dreams. In quotation mark. Uh, My God, her. we just make the Matrix. <laughs> it kind of, yeah. I mean, if if she is asleep to maintain the village, that yeah. means everything in the village is revolving around her. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, does that mean that... We also know that... She also says that it wasn't until she was asleep that she realized she wanted to have a kid. Yeah. So, is eleven twelve real? Is he some sort of projection of what she would want out of a child? If so, why is he such a dick? Yes. <laughs> Someone in the programming department did it wrong. Oh, okay. Put a zero where there should be a one. Wait, wouldn't it wouldn't it be easier to use almost anything else as a battery, like say a potato or a battery? Probably, but I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> saying they're using them for batteries. Okay. I'm saying they're using them for a social experiment. Yeah. If if so, to what end? I mean, we this is really the the only instance that we've even had of that. And if if you're going to play a plot twist that big. You can't have it at the last minute. You need to foreshadow that shit. Yep. Anyway. Um, 1112 gets pissy when he realizes that he can't go to the other world, which is our world, and then he storms off. Um, I'm sorry, what's next? Um, he, throws key, he throws the key away. Yeah, he throws the key away into the desert. Which yeah. disappears under the sand, but then yeah. reappears later. Yeah. Because reasons. 
Sand yeah. works like that, right? Um, Shut up. Totally. That's, that's <laughs> totally how quick sand works. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. That's why. Oh. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, we do get I said so. We do get an interesting scene, I think, with um, one forty-seven and two, or unto, because um, he he sees unto sitting on basically a bench. And he's like, "Hey, you can't, you can't just sit around, or else the thought police will come and get you." Yeah, which we we haven't really seen any of that either. You know, we we see the guys in the black vans every now and again, but we haven't really seen them just coming up and grabbing people off the street who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he takes him home. Uh, he eats the shit out of another cherry cake. Yeah. Which they haven't. It, if they're making that his sort of like guilty pleasure weakness, they're not really following through with that because this is only the second time he's we've seen him eat cherries. But um, they go on this thing, oh, you really look like two. He's like, oh, I am two. Ha ha ha. You do such a good two impression. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. But um, the village authorities show up and then start firing guns at two. And we do get to see that... Um, 147 and his wife have set up a, like a little memorial in the, in the outside where their daughter fell through the world. Yeah. Which I still say the kid had it coming, but... <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know, you got a giant hole in the ground. You, your parents have been talking about a giant hole in the ground. But what do you do? You go play in the giant hole in the ground. Okay, sorry. You had it coming. Okay. Anyway, I've been talking enough. Somebody else take it. You're the one that seems to have all the theories. I think Shane and I have given up at this point. <laughs> yes. God damn it, guys. Don't give up on me now. Oh. I'm not giving up on you. We give up on this show. Yeah. You're giving up on me, damn it. Don't give up on me. I can't do this by myself. <laughs> I can't do it by myself. Of it. Uh. So join us again for episode, <laughs> for episode six, where he is just doing it all on his own. <laughs> Welcome to the John episode podcast. Six. Checkmate. <laughs> Uh, is that what number six is called? Yeah, episode six is checkmate. Yes. Oh. Hmm. And, and just and just kind of reading through the synopsis, like the real quick synopsis, it looks like they, it looks like they tried to cram in every other episode they could from the original prisoner yeah. into this one. Even the cowboy one? I don't. All not no maybe not that one, but oh, I'm just like that one. Like I'm not reading through all of them like entirely because I don't want to spoil it for myself. Uh, good. Is that that's? Oh, art. good God! Oh, good God! <laughs> but like, but on on the Wikipedia page for every episode, because you know the, the Wikipedia, somebody somebody because the world has enough people that bother to edit Wikipedia, has it every episode has like two 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 lines worth of text to it. But then it gets into episode six, and it's like this miniature essay. Yeah, and I've by miniature it. essay, I mean it. You know what someone would expect an elementary school kid to do for a single page paper almost if it was double spaced with the correct type of font. It's just New Town so, Roman. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. George no. Georgia font double space make your periods uh, font size bigger. There you go. Yes, I'm a lazy college student. You are a lazy college student. Yes. Um um maybe I didn't catch this. Um but I'm gonna go right to the end of the episode here. Okay. Um, and maybe I didn't catch this, but who the hell was being dragged off at the end of the episode? It was the shopkeep. Uh, was it the shopkeep? It was the shopkeep. Oh, okay. If you know, if you're going to smoke contraband cigarettes with the guy, you might as well turn him in at the end. 
Although, you know, why are cigarettes contraband? Whatever. Because shut up. That's why. That's why, yes. <laughs> anyway, um, we do get a bit with um, 2 times 6 and 11, 12. Yeah. Because um, apparently 11, 12 knows where his father is at all times or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, he tells um, not 6 that uh, he's in the village church, which is yeah. way off in the middle of the desert. For some reason. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and then they have a little bit of back and forth about, um, you know, you know I'm not uh, the real Six. I'm the one that's going to kill him. Why are you telling me this? Because he gave me a choice and I'm making a choice. Which, I'm not sure if that really follows the, the, the train of progression for eleven twelve. Because immediately afterwards he starts panicking, goes out to find the key again. They threw away, and it appears for reasons. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we have, we finally have our showdown with uh, Unto and Two Times Six. Um, you know, we, we get another wonderful piece of Ian McKellen acting. Who, you know, I'm not sure that uh, Jim Caviezel is a bad actor. I just don't think he has got anything to go with in this series because, you know, he plays. Six is kind of this wooden. Oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm occasionally angry, so I don't know if that's him or if it's just bad direction. Thoughts? Uh, well, well, if you do look in the, if you do look in the credits, Jim Caviezel does have an acting coach. Hmm. I'm saying nothing on that. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just, like, just, just pointing this out here. Yes, I'm just laying it, laying it out there. Anyway, um. We get more of uh, Ian McKelling's wonderful acting in the scene, and he starts talking that um, maybe some of his motivations for setting up the village, mm-hmm. I think, because he starts talking about, you know, we, we live in a culture of apathy, and that um, people don't have to think anymore, and that uh, he's also plagued by doubts, because he wonders if maybe this version of trying to make people better is wrong and that the savages are actually right. You know, a very barbarian at the gates kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the weird bit happens. Okay, we get... Um, two times six is like, I'm the one that can kill you. And he goes up and he yep. goes to slice to his throat. Yeah, And then six comes in and he's like, no, you can't. If you do that, you know, you'll destroy our conscience. And, you know, it's like there's been, like, a revelation off-screen that we're not privy to. Because, you know, we see the same scene from Two's perspective, and there's only one Six. And that's the one that's holding the knife to his throat. And he's yelling at somebody who's not there. Yeah. So it's... <sighs> I mean, are they trying to go for the point of, like, did the did the village bring out the animal? Because that's what they're implying. That, it, that this whole two times six thing has all been in six's head. But we've had other people react to two times six. Mm. We've had um, 313 saw both of them together. Yeah. Earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Before she went off and found the magic door to nowhere. Um, mm. So, you know, 
I, I don't know what to think. I mean, it's a, it's it's basically just put us down to a confusing mess, and we can we can we get this over and done with, please? <laughs> no, Shane. Don't you know that I drink your tears? As he sips the coffee. Ah, that's delicious Shane tears right there, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my coffee's gotten cold. Damn it. Oh, sad. <laughs> sad. And yes. like that, I think it's time for commercials, unless somebody else has anything else to say. Um, well, the episode ends with M2 going back to sleep. And it, it's almost like she's upset to go back to sleep because, you know, she finally got to have a conversation with her son. And then he kind of just tucks her back into the into bed and two comes back and uh, it's like, oh, yeah, um, I'm back. Status quo, I guess. Reasons. Episode ends. Yeah. Oh, six is banging on the glass, that too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So Michael's banging on the glass. Michael's banging on the glass. Six yeah. sees the towers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's talk about that briefly, and then we'll go to a break. Um, okay. Because, again, this this implies that somehow Semicore is making the village. Yeah. But that contradicts what we learned earlier, that M2 is the one who makes the village. Yeah. So... Or M2 is part of Simbocore, and Simbocore still controls the village. And just everything somehow revolves around M2 as a lynch point. True. But if so, you know, we we haven't gotten any evidence to that. I'm not saying there's evidence to it. It's just what we're given and what we're speculating at this point. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um... I do do have... I I have a question. Yes. And it's actually just come come into my head here. Um... We've seen number six slash, slash Michael in both places. Yes. We've seen uh, M2 in both places, in the real world and, the, you know, in the village in the real world. Have we? I'm assuming we have. Because I know occasionally in the flash side, turns out they're not flashbacks, they're flash yeah, sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've seen people in the village who are in the real world. Mm. Because... Um, I think it was the first or second episode when they're walking around the streets of New York, you see 313 as a homeless yeah. person. Yeah. Um, you also see uh, 146 as... Um, he, he's in one of the restaurants, I think, in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be nice foreshadowing if it went anywhere. Mm. So, no, anyway. no, 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 my question is, the character that we haven't seen in the real world. And that's number two. That's true. We haven't seen two in the real world yet. No. So is he in the is he in the real world or what? Um I, mean, I, I, I don't I don't know. I'm, it's just a question. Um unless they explain it in the last episode, um the the way the show has been going so far, it would imply that he is. Because yeah. M two implies that um her and Six made the village. Yeah. Which, um, if you're going off an earlier episode, there have been 14 previous twos. Yeah. So, is that a fabrication? Are they replacing people to maintain the village? Um, I don't know. Nor do I. I'm... 
I guess Just, we will find out in Checkmate. Uh, I, suppose, I suppose so. Anyway, um, but the final scene is uh, uh, Six, Michael, and um, the access guy, who is also the shopkeep, yep. go into the boardroom. Yep. Where we see all the flashing monitors and we finally get the full message from Lucy. Yep. Um, but as he's watching that, the uh, one of the windows opens like an automatic curtain thing and yep. he looks out and he sees out of the the boardroom down onto the village yep which that, that really doesn't make any sense because yep. <laughs> uh the boardroom is supposed to be in a tower in new york yep and he can see the village and he starts banging on the glass you know because he sees himself which at that yep. distance you wouldn't be able to see anybody okay i'm sorry no but it does it does make for a nice juxtaposition the fact that the two we're following isn't the same guy as the Flash sideways into the real world. Yeah. So are these duplicates? Are they clones? Mental projections? We don't know. Hopefully it will be wrapped up in the last episode. Hopefully so, yeah. Anyway, Aaron? I got nothing. Other, <laughs> okay. than, other than commercial break. <laughs> Aaron's got nothing. Yeah. I, 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 honestly, I honestly have nothing... I, I, I fully admit it to you, I forgot we were recording today, so I have literally been kind of just watching the episode as we go and making commentary as we've gone along. <laughs> okay. Does this make me a you... horrible podcast host? Probably. Yes, it does. You okay. do not do your homework. You get yeah. a D minus minus. Oh, well, it has yes. no actual recollection of my real life. <laughs> Shh. You don't let the viewing audience in behind the secret. Jeez. You ruin the prestige. God. What's wrong with you? Don't look behind the curtain. Whatever you do, don't look behind the I curtain. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yes. Um, anyway. So with that, we will go to a commercial break. Yeah. Please check out this other podcast, which is really good. Three men. I'm Peter. I'm Andy. And I'm Lee. The multiverse of sci-fi's finest spacecraft. USS Defiance. USS Discovery. The SSV Normandy 2. Cylon Base Star. The Icarus 2. The White Star. Slave 1. Excelsior! The Fiery Phoenix. Liberator. The Battlestar Pegasus. The Millennium Falcon. X-Bomber. The Nostromo. The Event Horizon. NSEA Protector. The Enterprise. <laughs> it doesn't matter which one and anyone, you know. Let's save a D. But which ones can claim to be the greatest ships ever? My ship? My ship! No, my ship! Welcome to Space Dock Jury. Space Dock Jury is a production for GeekPlanetOnline.com. Shane found whatever he's looking for, and that means we are officially back. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please check them out. Check them out. And it isn't a podcast I feature on. It's a first. <laughs> oh, that's a miracle. It's a first. So so we have some feedback, but not necessarily about this episode. Uh, some of you may recall, uh, what was it, last week, the week before last, when we put out an episode, we put a call out asking for people to, to at least try and defend this series as we all have given up hope and given up trying. There is no only hope. I'm sorry, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, trying to defend the new series, the 2009 series. And Shane also runs a prisoner Facebook group not related to the podcast. 
and he put out he put out a call on that for anybody to try and defend it. And he's sent us here a list of some of the more popular ones. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start off with this one since a lot of them seem to have been revolving around this one. This is from uh, Bill. I should, uh, I, sorry, I should point out before you start that. I still apologize. I had 45 comments on that thread. And they all pretty much said the same thing. <laughs> so I just picked out some of my favorites. Oh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and start with this one since a lot of them, I, I skimmed through that when the Shane first put it out. A lot of them kind of revolved around this idea. Uh, and this comment, this one directly is from uh, Bill Iloha. Uh, and he and Bill writes, it introduced people to the original. And a lot of the comments revolved around that this kind of introduced people to the original from the 1960s. Yes. So that was, that's that. I'm going to start off with that one. Uh, the. The second, the, I'm going to go ahead another one since I had, I took a really short one, uh, from Andy J. Nelson. Best thing in its defense? It's not friends, and friends is in quotation marks. I'm assuming he's talking about the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't have Keith Lemon in it. Yes. <laughs> Which goes over both of your heads. Not surprising. Yeah. Why do you keep doing that to us? <laughs> uh, um, uh, so- Deb Selby writes, still trying to think of something of something nice to say about it. Ouch. Mm. Um, yeah. Debs McDonald says, it was reimagining. If you haven't seen the original, then it would stand alone as, as good. Not brilliant or fantastic, but good. Shades of Minority Report. The trouble is, it didn't really get off the ground till episode four. Too late and too far in. However, the ending was good as it even if it, even if the acting by Jim Caviezel wasn't, Sergey McKellen was brilliant. However, and it really carries the show, in my humble opinion. If you take the original out of the equation, it's good, and I enjoyed it from episode four onwards. If you've seen the original and try to compare it, I'm afraid it does not come close, close to, or as good as the '67 version. Mm. Uh, A.J. Cohen writes. This comes up over and over. Let's face it, they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what it was all about, and they blew it. As if it was as if the writers never watched the episodes. Sorry, but I've like I said this before. AMC had the resource, the opportunity, and the talent, but they didn't do the homework. It could have been a series that was still in production today, but they lost the opportunity. Best to read this remake falls into oblivion, and when people forget, there might be an opportunity to do it again the right way, the PM way. And I think that's all the feedback we had, right? Uh, did somebody read uh, Merlene Water Waterworth? Nope, don't take it. Oh. All right, Merlene uh, Merlene Waterworth writes. I think it could have been interesting as a re reimaging set in America with contemporary themes, including the references to the Middle East instead of the Cold War. But then they went and used the same titles for the episodes as the original series and tried in the same time to remake parts of it, which was bound to be disappointing compared to the original. I don't think they even tried to remake parts of it. They's like, ah, oh, here's the general storyline, and there's yeah. our loose structure, and go. And go. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that is how that went. So a lot of these comments, thankfully, tie into this article that me and Shane found that we were talking about um, earlier during the break. Um, yeah, the, there was an inter- now I haven't been able to find the original, uh, article that this came from, but this is a blurb. Um, we're reading it right now off of Hollywood.com. Mm. Um, 
Haley Atwell was doing an interview, and she said to a reporter at the Times that this version of The Prisoner was a joke. They rewrote it as they went along. Within within the two weeks, the first director was fired, and all the actors got together, and we went on safari. We did a squad. We also did quad biking with Ian McKellen. That part was heaven. So yes. uh, apparently, the the shoot was plagued by constant rewrites. Um, you know, they they fired their original director, which which honestly kind of shows because we did we were talked about that tone shift in the first episode. So, basically, at least according to Haley Atwell, it, it basically turned into a paid holiday for the cast. Mm. Which I think that, that that goes to show with a lot of the complaints we've been having. The the shifts in tone, the, it's like the, the script doesn't know what it's doing, because it doesn't. They're, they're yeah. constantly, they were constantly rewriting it during the, the production. I found an article from uh, Esquire.com... Uh... From July 2011, and with the note on the bottom of it, uh, right below it, published in the August 2011 issue, and these are just kind of 17 points uh, from from her 90-minute uh, conversation. And the, that this, so that's the earliest I've been able to find. So from 2011. Yep. Oh, brilliant! Well, thanks um, for that. Uh, do you want to talk about ratings, maybe? Sure, let's get this over with. Yes. <laughs> All right, final thoughts and ratings. Final Aaron, thoughts go. and ratings for, for, for the next to last episode. Uh, I don't want to give it a one, actually, surprisingly enough. Um, But I'm not going to give it higher than a three, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a two. Uh, the episode, it starts out with a, ooh, we might learn something, and then immediately tumbles into the usual confusion and rigmarole that has become this series. Uh, it, 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 it provides some hope and maybe, and then kind of falls flat on its face. So it tries and then falls straight flat. So I give it a two. All right, Jane, go. <laughs> Aaron, slap Shane away. Shane! <laughs> Shane! <laughs> Shane. <laughs> yes. That's what I thought about the episode. Apparently Shane's found it to be a snooze fest. Yes. Shall I assume a one then, good sir? <laughs> I, I can't. I can't give it a one because of Ian McKellen acting. So I'm going to go for a two again myself. That leaves John. Go. Alright. Um. I like this episode more than I like the last episode. Um. We do get to find out a little bit more of the village, even if it does make sense. Um. Ian McKellen's acting in this is, you know. Carries the whole damn episode. Um, you know, I, I mean, could probably carry the whole damn series. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I could I could watch that man do monologues all day. But yeah, you know, there are parts of this I liked, and parts of it that were crap. I don't think that three one three got nearly enough scream time with some of the revelations her character is going through that we didn't really talk about. But again, we'll get that in the last uh, next episode. Um. So just for Ian McKellen's acting, I'm going to give this a three. So the final score is... 2.3 repeating. 2.3 repeating. Have you been keeping an, a, a track of what of our scores were? I, I've been keeping a running tally this entire season. Okay, what, is this our lowest? No, our lowest was last week with a, with a grand total one. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Yeah, we all hit it. This is our second lowest episode, however. Okay. All right. Well, we thank you for putting up, putting through us, putting, putting up with us through this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed. Um, we will see you in two weeks for the final episode of the AMC remake. It's not the final episode of the podcast, though, because we still have the big finish audio and then our final thoughts and wrap up, and that'll yeah. probably be a very short episode. Yeah. So you have at least uh, five more episodes with us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Maybe less. Uh, Probably less. Probably. I should I should point out half an hour of the um, new prisoner audio is actually up to be able to be downloaded for free from the Big Finish website. Oh yeah. So if you want a pregame, go right ahead. And I have li- I've listened to it, and I have to say it's blooming good. All right. So so until next time. <laughs> bye everybody. Bye bye.